I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. It's great. Are you excited? Yeah. Are you sure? So... You a little sleepy? Mm-hmm. This okay. is the Kate and Mike Show. Wait, that's not how we start. What do we... How do yeah, we Yeah, this is the Kate and Mike Show. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. <laughs> this is Kate. This is Mike. And... Do you want something to sit on? No, I'm fine. Okay. We're recording in the middle of a blizzard. Baby's sleeping. So that's good. Yeah. She's sick. She is, she's uh, super attached to Mike right now. Whoa. All the time. She's not a baby. She's two and almost four months. But yeah, man, she is a piece of work. She, yeah. She's going through some kind of I developmental mean, leap. She woke, she woke up like three times the last two nights. Yeah, a lot. And well, then we had that, the full moon. Yeah, but wolf. it was called the wolf, wolf moon. Mm-hmm. I say wolf. And so Kate always corrects my English. Because it's not the right word. We have a friend named Karen Wolf, but it's Wolf. wolf. Yes. So wolves, wolves and villagers. <laughs> Has anybody game. ever played the game Wolves and Villagers? <laughs> Our friends Marie Forleo and Josh Pice introduced us to that game. It's super fun. If you're ever with them, ask if them. If you're they're ever don't with play, them. Don't play, though. No, they, they it's get, fun. No, it is fun. If you're ever with them, you probably will play a game because they, they love play game games at parties which is really they get funny super intense it is really it. intense so you might intense. if you're like not really competitive see, like me you might want to did just... you see josh so josh is an actor yeah he posted yesterday that his dad worked for with albert einstein oh, for yeah, 10 no. years yeah i knew that oh that's pretty cool no it's really cool because at the beginning of josh's class committed impulse which is this amazing class he teaches for actors but also anyone can take it i took it and i'm obviously not an actor and he talks about physics. His whole premise for it has a lot to do with physics and the way his dad explained to him the way the body works and the way emotions work. And That's it's cool. just a bunch of atoms floating around in your body. That's great. Bumping off each other. It's true, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I learned that about the cells. Yeah. Just from taking vitamins. I learned about that. It's yeah. Pretty cool. The cellular level. Everything happens at our cells, guys. Anyway. Maybe that could be on a different podcast called... The cellular level. The cellular yeah, maybe level. Maybe we'll do a we'll get a, we'll get a scientist but... on here. We'll have somebody that really understands this maybe stuff. Maybe we could have Karen Wolf. Well, you maybe. She's pretty good at that sort of thing. As maybe we could do with Brian Dixon, too. Oh, that would actually be That'd fun be cool. to have Brian Dixon on. Yeah, he's, okay. he's a smarty, smarty pants. Now, we are back in 2018. 18. This is our second episode of the year. And we wanted to share with you seven ways that we do less in our life. And I think we have not told the story of how do less arose in our life as sort of a theme and then a business philosophy and a life philosophy and now something that we're teaching, but it's a pretty cool story and Mike reminded me of it the other day. So do you remember what happened, Mike? Why don't you say it? Well, well so you start and then I'll I was do in my San part. Francisco. I had flown to San Francisco. It was my first true baby list trip. Like I, I think I spent three nights away in San Francisco, I'd gone out to surprise Nisha Moodley for her baby shower and to say hi to Sarah Jenks for her birthday. And it was really fun. And while I was out there, I called Mike 
because it was October of 2016 and I was still pretty unclear on what my business vision was and my business message. Like if somebody were to ask me what I do for work, I was very confused about how to answer that question. And now I have a great answer, which is that I help entrepreneurial moms have more by doing less. But it all came about because I was hanging out with all these entrepreneurial moms on that trip. And I called Mike and I was like, Mike, like, I need help and these women need help. Like, my new thing is going to be doing talking about doing less. And what did you say? So when Kate called me, I basically said, that's crazy because an hour ago, I just ordered a license plate because Kate and I are really into vanity plates. So we always try to come up with uh, different things to put on them that said, do less. And no joke, we never talked about it, but we had the same idea at the exact, basically at the same time. And yeah, my car has do less on it as the vanity plate. It was really funny. A couple months ago, a girlfriend texted me a photo of outside of Handy's, which is our local coffee shop. And she was like, I totally thought of you. This car is parked outside of Handy's with a do less license plate. I was like, that's our car. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, of course it's your car. <laughs> like she didn't think of that. It was really funny. That's awesome. It was cute. Yeah. Anyway, so we thought. I think we've told that story before in the podcast. Oh. I think I feel like we've had it before. But anyway, well, chances are it's good always good to hear it again. Some people who haven't listened to every single episode. What? And if you have not, I expect that, that you report might back have next been week. A new story for some people. But I just wanted to say that, like, I then I also had a girlfriend say to me, "Can you do a training on how to do less?" And I thought it was the funniest thing because it's like <laughs> we are so programmed to just do more always. And so many of us are overachievers, overfunctioners, like really into ambition and packing it in. And it can be challenging to imagine what doing less even means. And so we thought we'd give you seven practical ways you can do less and have more. And these are all things that we do. So these are not, we're not making this up. This is just like how we actually live our life. And if you like this concept and you want to join in for a two week free event, it's called the do less experiment. And you can go to do less experiment.com and you can get 14 for free, a little bite sized way every day for 14 days to Take something off of your plate so you can create more space for what really matters. So that's happening. It starts uh, January 14th. That's great. Okay. So let's start with the first one, Mike. Some of the stuff we're going to talk about, just to let you know, has not always been this way. Oh, no. You know, as it's relatively new. And a lot of it is relatively, but there's always regarding of whatever your business situation is, financial situation, whatever that may be. There's probably something that these seven things you can apply to what you have going on. Yes. So, and to make your life a little bit easier, because yep. regardless of where we are. So just to kind of say, oh, well, that's nice, Mike, but, you know, X, Y, Z, and don't make excuses, basically. You that's can do something. That's what some, Mike has to say. That's what, yeah. Don't make excuses. It's do true, Do less excuse making yeah, that's good step number one do no, less excuse not making. actually number one that was it a bonus. could be though that was a bonus bonus from kate okay number one is about delegation and we've talked a lot about this actually on this podcast when it came to our business it's delegating like 
our bookkeeping. It's delegating the accounting. It's having a good accountant. It's really surrounding ourselves with the financial team. And what's happened in the last year with our business has been we brought Lisa on. If you heard on the podcast as the president, that's really allowed for delegation to take place. And But then also we have graphic designer, we have other VAs, and we have other folks that are working with us as well. And that is allowing they have greater skill sets than we do. So it's turning it over because I want to surround myself with people from our business perspective. Then Kate can share other things from delegation that are better than I am. You know, like I'm strong and have a good skill set at some things. And then other people are way better at like graphic design, for instance, or systems or organization around things in the details. And so they're really, really good at that. So we want to surround ourselves with those type of people. As our business has grown, we've realized that because when we first started, it was really kind of the two of us besides a graphic designer and a developer. But it was us to do a lot of the other things. It was the two of us for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. And it's pretty cool. You know, We built our business... I think to $600,000 a year. Pretty much with the two of us. us. Just the two of us. But I don't recommend that. No. And for those of you who might be listening, thinking, well, I can't afford anybody in my team. I totally understand that as well. I started my business when my net worth was in the negative and my cash flow was in the negative (laughs) and I was spending more than I made and I made like $30,000 a year and I was living in an apartment that my mom owned and I had, you know, $20,000 worth of credit card debt. So I also, at that time, could not afford somebody to help me in my business. But what I did is every time I was doing a task that I thought, you know, somebody else could either do this better than me or there are other things that I could be doing right now that are a better use of my time or this is draining my energy or I'm feeling irritated right now. I would write it down in a list in Evernote called Assistant. And then before I could technically afford it, I hired a VA for like five hours a week because I knew if I could take five hours and stop doing stuff that drove me bananas and that I wasn't even that good at and put that five hours towards income generating activities that were high leverage that I and only I could do then I could get my income jump-started much faster than if I spent those five hours doing mundane tasks that I had, you know, or not even mundane tasks, just things that I had no business doing, like screwing around on the back end of my WordPress site, which (laughs) I have no business doing that. And every time I do it, I know just enough programming to be really dangerous. So I screw it up. (laughs) And then, you know, anyway, so I took that leap It was not a huge financial risk, but I did hire somebody before technically I could afford it. Mm -hmm. And it was, in my case, it really served me. And I know you did the same thing, honey. I did the same thing. And it's what I... You and I have the same money personality. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So regarding how to know, like a good thing is to like, how do I know what to delegate? Or how do I know what it's time to get rid of? You know, is is a good thing. Is think about... For me, it's when I start forgetting to do things or I avoid doing them or I keep putting them off till later and later and later or I am annoyed, like really annoyed about doing them. Like Kate talked about with her assistant list. When I get super annoyed about doing a task that should be done, then I know it's time to like stop doing that and it's fine and, and give it to somebody else yep. and find somebody to help us. So 
when our let's talk about our personal life right for instance so that was a business example another delegation would be i mean this is super silly but a trash pickup for instance you know silly i know it's important but in yarmouth maine where we live they don't do trash pickup you got to take it to the dump and like people get excited about going to the dump and it's this whole thing right but, but at uh, least 50 percent of the time that mike tries to go to the dump it's, it's closed, closed. So Mike does not get excited about going. I get to annoyed the because I'm like, go on a Wednesday, and I'm like, they're open on a Wednesday, but they're closed on a Wednesday. It's like the hours are hours drive me the most like crazy. nonsensical counterintuitive. But it makes sense because you don't want to be open seven days a week all the time, right? Because it just not, people just aren't coming to the dump on like Monday afternoon, except Mike is <laughs> for Mike when it's closed. So, for instance, what we did is we paid for trash pickup. Like, there's a company that How comes. How much does trash pickup cost? Thirty dollars a month. Okay. See. Yep. The, so you get trash just pickup. the amount of like if you the think amount, about your oh. what you can make in an hour now mike and i don't really make our money hourly so it's like a little hard to figure out but i will give you a quick little exercise you can do how much did you make in 2017 what was your revenue and then on average how many hours a week did you work and then divide it up if you have a business that's not like charging hourly for a service, it can be hard to know how much an hour of your time is worth. But if you just divide up how much you made by the average amount of hours you worked. So if you work, you know, I probably work like 25 hours a week on average. And I know I took at least four weeks off this last year. So I would just figure out the math on that. And then anything that you who are doing that you could delegate to somebody else that would cost you less than the hourly rate you came up with, then you need to do that. And then what I recommend that you do is come up with your revenue goal. So let's say you want to make $100,000 a year and you plan on working 40 hours a week, 50 weeks out of the year. Then do the math on that and that's going to be your hourly rate. That's your dream hourly rate, right? Now, in order to take the leap and up level to that next level of income, you're going to need to let go of more and more tasks and delegate them so that you can spend more and more of your time on the high leverage tasks that will get you to that $100,000 a year. So you have your actual hourly rate and then you have your aspirational hourly rate. And really, like, you don't have any business doing anything that somebody could do for $10 an hour or $20 an hour or $30 a month. Like Mike's trip to, just to drive to the dump takes at least seven minutes. At least. And then the gas. Like and if I factor gas in there. you have to hardware on the way because you go there about five times a week, <laughs> which could also P.S. be, be done delegated. by somebody else. Yep. Because then it's double the amount of time. Yeah, but I kind of like Penelope going to the hardware store. has to mess with all the things all, on the low shelves and she wants stupid. to take home all the little tchotchkes. What, and, what, hard, what stores do to parents is like there's no if i ever owned a store i would never ever do that but i'm just saying like now there are exceptions right like i'm always saying well we should have somebody else go get the kombucha so we have this local place which is amazing if you come visit maine it's called urban farm fermentary it's in portland and it's homemade kombucha in this beautiful warehouse location that's made from like locally foraged ingredients so you can get like sumac and elderberry and rose and it's beautiful so we fill up these growlers every week because 
we believe in reducing, reusing, and recycling. And rather than consuming more bottles, we just reuse the same bottles. So we bought the growlers. We fill them up every week. Now, I kept being like, somebody else should go do that for us because it's a 20-minute drive into Portland. And then you get the kombucha, which takes at least 10 to 15 minutes, and then a 20-minute drive back. But Mike shared with me that he actually really enjoys it. Mm -hmm. So if you really love something, but it's below your hourly rate, fine. Keep doing it. Right, because then they always have new flavors, and I want to try them. Yeah, and, he just and stuff. likes the experience. So and that's plus, something to keep doing. So in a situation like that comes to, this kind of goes into number three, but... We can turn it around and make that number two. True, okay. <laughs> well, no I'm gonna, I don't want to move into number two list. yet. Remind me of the UFF story when okay. we come back to that one. But like the delegation also, another great example is we, uh, you know, we've got this house, we're living in this house. And there's been a lot of construction things that have need to happen. And we wanted to, we installed mudroom cabinetry, et cetera, all this stuff. We got a shed in the backyard for lawnmower. And I just bought a snowblower the other day. I'm giving up on shoveling. I've turned it in. So I got the snowblower and we basically, one thing I looked at was actually building the shed because I have the skills to build a shed. And that seemed like a fun idea. And you can really get these great plans online that would kind of map everything out, how to do it and et cetera. And it makes it really easy. But I was like this, how long was it going to take me to build a shed? And truthfully, by the time I got all the wood and by the time I got it to my house and by the time I started setting in the backyard, I would have already been annoyed that I have to go build this thing. So instead, I just hired a mention the hours, the hours. Right. But then I thought about instead of the hours, I was like, this is going to be fun. Right. This could be fun. But the truth is. It's not going to be fun. Really, what I wanted was a shed to put stuff in it. I don't actually want to build the have the experience to do it. And it was funny because somebody said, you know, they were talking about we had friends that came this weekend and they were like, we were talking about putting a patio out back. And I was just like, I don't want to spend the time to put a pat. Like, I don't want to build a patio. Like, there's people that make a career living out of building patios and they're going to be awesome and it's going to be way better. And then there's also going to be a warranty that comes with it that if something happens to the patio, they'll come fix it. Right. So it's like, if I do it all myself, then I have to go fix it, all this stuff. And I don't want to spend my time doing that. I would want to do less. Totally. You know, so, so that's delegation. Yep. Number two is ordering your groceries online and having them either delivered or you can't really do that where we live. It's still podunk small town Maine. If However, you don't if you live in a big city, you can do this. But if you don't do Hannaford to go. Yeah, or Whole Foods now has pickup. Oh, okay, or yeah. Whole Foods. But anyway, I've only done Hannaford to go so far. So I went online, I ordered all my stuff, I stuck to my list, which actually saves quite a bit of money because usually I'll go into the grocery store and just buy whatever. As opposed to if you don't physically go into the grocery store, you're not going to buy random impulsive things. Right. So, Oh, a new bag of chips. Sure, right. let's try it out. Yeah. So I stuck to the list, which was great. And then I literally, it was zero degrees on a Saturday night. And I drove to the grocery store, which is about five minutes away. I pulled up basically at a drive through window. The girl came out. I signed the thing. And then she put the groceries in the trunk for me. And I drove home. It was amazing. <laughs> so That's awesome. I'm a huge, because also I can never find anything in the grocery store and I get overwhelmed. And then if I'm bringing Penelope, it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I loved it. And I'm a huge believer in grocery store delivery or drive through Or if you're going to deal with a grocery store situation, is shop at a smaller 
Yeah. If I do go grocery shopping, I prefer to go to our little local Rosemont market, which is like, I'm in, I'm out. There's never a line. And I know where everything is. Because you go to these big box store grocery stores and there's so much stuff you don't need. 75 to 80 percent of the stuff in this gonna it's killing you immediately and every you take time it, i go i have to ask somebody where something is right. and then i take the time to find the sales associate versus the online ordering i don't have to Correct. ask where anything is because like, they did get it for me i don't need to go look at 75 different types of paper towels no. and it like, was not free. necessary yeah it was free it's awesome hannaford to go is free so it, it, I mean, the only time over. i took was you to click some buttons online and that really did not take yeah. time at all. And you can save your shopping list. So if you get more or less the same things every week, you just, that's another way you can automate it. You can just. We have a friend, Kim D'Amato. Redo it. She would go from Portland to drive all the way to 15 minutes north just to pick up her groceries and then drive back. She had no need to be here, but she would go pick them up because she didn't want to go to the grocery store. And before Whole Foods had its pickup. That is time well spent, I have yes, to say, because that was awesome. the amount of time you would spend going in to a grocery, grocially store. store yeah. yeah. Especially if you go, like one morning I thought, oh, this is a great idea. I'll take Penelope to the grocery store at 8 a.m. Worst idea ever. Everyone goes to the grocery store at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning, it turns out. Yes, they do. The line was like it's long. around the Especially store. if you go to like a holiday it and all insane. that stuff. Yeah. Okay, but regarding the UFF pickup, so we talked about doing things that you like doing, like going to UFF, right? That's Urban Far Fermentary, Fermentary, where the kombucha place. place. So go to the kombucha place. What I do is I don't usually just go there and come back, right? Because that is a long trip in the car. It's unnecessary just to go there and go back. Like, I don't need kombucha to survive my evening or whatever, you know, like the next day, right? That's kind of one of those, what do they call them? Like the, when it's enjoyment, it's a non-essential. Yeah, like, okay, it's that's a great. Yeah, that's not what I was thinking, but okay. <laughs> it's not a necessity, right? No, so, not. yeah, it's a non-essential. But what I end up doing is saying, okay, we got to go to our, like, our PO box for our business. So I'll batch a lot of errands. And errands, Which, correct. yes, I still think should all be delegated. Cor- correct. Every time you go, you're gone for like half the day, and I'm like, well, no, because I like. We could have had somebody else do that. No, because I meet up with friends. We I go know. to lunch. We hang out. Yeah, but it seems to be enjoyable for you. So yes. knock yourself out. So batching is actually what our number six one was. So I just kind of we kind of moved ahead there. So let's talk about batching. Okay, so batching is really smart. So here's an example of why batching is a good idea. Today I had a how-to video to record for Origin for our membership. And the how-to was on how to do your year-end review and annual planning. So I just, I walked people through how we do it and why it's powerful. So it took me a while to figure out what was going to be a quiet space in our house because Penelope's home today. So note to self, don't schedule video recordings on days when Penelope's going to be home. Hello. But anyway, it has to get done in today's day. Then I had to figure out the lighting. Then I did my makeup. Then I figured out jewelry. Then I got the microphone set up. Then I had to have Mike check my whole setup because I'm pretty new at getting the whole thing. Although I have to say I had done it right. So that was great. Then you got to do the tripod with the camera and set the whole thing up. And so like it's kind of a deal. It's not that big of a deal, but it's like a little bit of a deal. And it would have been really awesome if I had been prepared to do three how-to videos all at the same time and could have just changed shirts instead of what's going to happen, which is next month, I'm going to go do the whole shebang all over again, except for that time, I'm going to be smarter about it. And I'm going to batch it. And so that I'm only setting up the camera and doing my makeup and doing the whole shebang one time for like three videos instead of each time. Right. 
So that is batching. You can batch errands, like Mike talked about, batching all the errands in Portland, which is a joyful experience for him. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I like to batch writing. So I know tomorrow, for example, right now I'm working on pre-writing all of the blogs for April through August so that I can be on maternity leave and take a little breaky break. So (laughs) tomorrow I'm batching. It's a writing day. And I've got like four blogs to write. So I know I'll be in that mode. I'm not switching from task to task. My brain is in a certain groove and I'll get a bunch done. And then next week I'm batching Maven Masterclasses for Origin. So I've got like six Maven Masterclasses to record. So next week I know I'm just like in the brain space of recording Maven Masterclasses. And once I've done my hair and makeup to be on video, I'm done. Great. Yeah, batching's good. I like batching. really good. Okay, automation. Let's go to automate. What do you like to automate? Good question. I don't You're know. You're good at this. What do I automate? Diapers. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't necessarily automate diapers because we pick out the things every month. Yeah, um, but it sends you a reminder right, that your so, order okay. is coming. Now I see what you're talking about. The I'm, Unless you had something else for... I mean, this category no. isn't all about diapers, but it's an example. <laughs> I think you wrote it down. I wasn't sure. That was oh. your category. I didn't I think quite know. because delegate and automate have they a nice sound ring good. together. Yeah, so, so I they just go together. Like, put it down. Great. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So automation <laughs> would be... You could also do that with your groceries like Kate talked about. That's another form of automation. But also... Well, you could do one of those. A lot of our origin ladies like to simplify their lives through doing those meal prep. Yeah, those services. Services where they send you all the like ingredients. Like Blue Spoon or Blue Apron or something. Blue Spoon's recipe. a restaurant in Maine. So, no, Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Yeah. And Fresh 20, I think, is one. That one's just the meal plan. I don't think that one actually comes with the ingredients. With your food, yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of that, but I really like to source my ingredients locally, and there's so much packaging that comes. So from an environmental standpoint, I'm like a little iffy on it. But from a time-saving standpoint, it sounds like a great idea. Yeah. It is. And plus, we have great groceries and farms here, so we, we just so kind of like, go there. Why am I going to have my groceries shipped yeah. from like Milwaukee? No, it doesn't make whatever. any sense. It's silly. But yeah, we automate. So Honest Diapers is what Penelope uses. And so we have that set up for comes once a month and the order processes once a month. So we just order those up when they need them and we'll need them for the next kid as well. And we also do, I do razors. So Gillette razors, they are cheaper actually. I can schedule it out where they just show up like once every two months instead of once every, they're cheaper than going to the store. Because I used to use the Dollar Shave Club razors. That was the first time I started doing the automation. But those razors really tear up your face. They tear up my face. But I was just doing it because I... user review. Yeah, they're not good. Well, I wanted to use them because I just suffered through it, basically. Because it was... The marketing is so fun. It was like $7 instead of like $30, right? But then I was just like, this is stupid. It's an extra 13 bucks. I can just spend the money. So that was good, though. So I have Gillette Razor has an automated system set up. And then we also automate our vitamins. Um, our vitamins, our USANA products. They come every month and we can, you know, change what we need to do there for a health standpoint. And um, like other ways that we automate that aren't physical products showing up are just having set standing appointments. So like we have every Monday morning from nine to 11, you and I get together and we check in and we go over the schedule and we record a podcast. Yep. So then we just know that's happening. And then on Fridays, this is new at 1030, we have our money love meeting. So 
Those are other ways you can automate where it's like standing appointments for essential things that would have a tendency to fall off the radar and get edged out by urgent things. But it's the important non-urgent mm-hmm. things that really create the foundation of your life. Right. I mean, some people automate their workouts like it has to be at this time. So if you go to a class, yep. then it's usually at that time every single day, you know, so you can make it that it's there and it's just helpful. Like you put it in the calendar and things get done. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Um, so. There's also uh, like software and things that you can do automation oh, yeah. with for your business. So we do a lot of, of that already. I, I mean, I can't think of a thing right now, but like, like well, an automated we use, webinar. You can create yep. a whole automated system. That we've done, thanks to our friend Amy Porterfield, we learned how to use a Facebook ad to run to an automated webinar to then promote our Money Love course. Mm-hmm. So that's automated income as just one example. So there's, I mean, there's all kinds of ways. There's that you can so do much thing. Like you can use it with Google Calendar is one way to like automate appointments. You can do automation within your newsletter. Yeah. You could say, yeah, whatever that may be. I schedule appointments with my coach through an automated system where Correct. I don't have to talk to her to schedule it so that's saving her a lot of time yeah that's great okay so number four or this would be what we're on five now i think we're on five four four we're on four no because we did oh yeah this would be five so we're one two three four our order is not what we're following here boundaries number five boundaries number five so from a do less perspective getting very clear on what your boundaries are So with a lot of the clients that I'm working with currently on the helping them grow their business, the number one thing that I know already going into it, I don't even know how to talk to them. I can have an initial phone conversation with them. And then I know what we're, what the first thing will happen is like, how do we get them to do less work? Because as entrepreneurs and as business owners, we're doing a lot of stuff, right? So it's getting very clear boundaries on who, if we have people helping us, we have employees or whatever they freelancers or whoever that may be getting very clear on what their roles are. And that has to be super helpful because that clears up boundaries. It, it creates boundaries and it gives everybody clear responsibilities. And so when I'm working with these clients, that's the first thing that we we look at. And it's just like, what are you doing? You know, because there is no clear boundaries between Jim and Jane and Carrie and, you know, whoever these people may be. And so... Th- it's also within their team within their team so yep because the entrepreneur or the business owner might think that they have to do everything themselves but then they're telling certain people to do it and then the other people are trying to communicate it to the rest of the team so the communication channels aren't clear so helping everyone get on the same page of where the boundaries are like just don't call me on a friday night at 11 o'clock and say we need to go over this this and this and, and set all this up right there should be a platform or system for everyone knows where everybody's working on and communications that's there at all times. Yeah, we so use it's, teamwork in our company, yep. but there's a lot of them. Yeah. And one thing I love that Licia has implemented and continues to remind us to do, and I could get better at it, is updating our status in teamwork so everybody in the company can say like, okay, like we all make our own hours, but Licia had, for example, her kids home today because it was a snow day. So her husband was working until two and then she is able to work from two to eight. So like they both got six hours in basically. Right. And she put that in her status update. So that's a way of implementing a boundary so that she's not like fending off text messages from me and Mike all morning when 
she's actually not working, but not like it's just really yeah. helpful to have a clear boundary. Yeah. We have our uh, <laughs> this is funny. Our customer service. What she call her? The, the queen or customer service? Well, Lisa superstar? is the head empress. The head empress. Origin. Sorry. OK. Head empress of origin. Sorry. And she probably sorry, Lisa. has another customer service title that I can't. I don't know. She's but like anyway, I texted her today about something. I wanted to know how many audio book giveaways that we had left. And she always sends me the teamwork tasks, you know, because she's always like check teamwork. But then it's just for me, it's easier just to like text our team because they already know where all this stuff is. Right. And so I was like, I, I could ask you the, the I know. And so she writes, but she gives me a teamwork task, but I can't Love open that. it. You know, because it sends me to like Chrome and I'm not logged in on Chrome. It, it doesn't take me to the app, et cetera, all this stuff. And so I write back to her and I just said, you know, if I asked you where the best place to go for dinner is, you're going to send me a teamwork <laughs> notebook. And she's like, I will enjoy putting it together as well. You know, so <laughs> it's so funny because she is training. She has good boundaries. She, yeah, she's training on where to find the information, right? So I love it. It's so it's so much fun. Well, so bound- actually also that's a, a great example. Like she's training you every time you go outside the system to yep. get back on track Correct. with the system. The other day I had a team member asking me, a USANA team member asking me for the link to sign up for something. And I said, if you go to our Facebook group and search the word X, it'll pop right up. And for whatever reason, she couldn't find it and it wasn't coming up. And rather, I didn't, I would not send her the link. I went to the Facebook group. I sent her a screenshot of the exact search that I had done and how it popped up because so it felt like I was being a pain in the ass, but I didn't want to be in a situation where every time she needed a piece of information, she thought she could text me to get the link because mm-hmm. that information is publicly available on our Facebook group. So I said to her, I was like, I'm, I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass right now. I'm I'm training you so that in the future, you know how to find this stuff yourself. And she sent me back the laughing until you cry emoji. So she was totally on board. But great. But that's like a great example of a boundary. Like I'm not going to send you this information. You are going to find it yourself. Right. And you have to be willing to call people out on that too, because even like our team member that works in our entreport programming, she sent the whole team a video about how to use the teamwork plugin on Google Chrome, which I already had installed, but she basically sent it just to me, you know? And so she (laughs) sent it to the team, but she said, really, Mike, this is for you. And so everybody got a good laugh out of it because they know the deal where I was just like me creating tasks inside of our project management software system is like the most annoying thing that I do on a daily basis, but it's the most beneficial as well, because then... Because everybody, it's creating, and she created a boundary. Everybody's creating boundaries to be like, Mike, you know, follow the system. Because it saves so much trouble later. Correct. Because if you don't work within the system and if you don't follow the boundary, there's so much cleanup work and, like, lack of communication on the other end that could happen. You're so far away from the microphone. I hope they can hear you. it's hard to sit I I know. That's why I asked if you wanted something else to sit on top of. Okay. You're just, like, really far away. The other thing that, you know, we have a boundary, for example, that we don't travel on the holidays. Yes. So that works really well for us because that allows us to do less schlepping on the holidays. And we have a policy as a family so that nobody's getting disappointed. Right. It's not like we're turning down one invitation. We're just not traveling on the holidays. And so that is an an example of a personal boundary that really allows for a lot of spaciousness for us on the holidays. And it's awesome. It does. And like last year, we went to to Indiana to visit my parents in between Thanksgiving and Christmas instead of traveling 
on the exact holiday. And so that was better. That's a better way to do it as well, because then it's just, it's easier. Like there's not, there's nobody on December 10th, the amount of people in the airport is not very much, you know, and it's just a much easier, smooth transition versus like traveling on the holidays. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Number six is what's your ideal life scenario? Why did you put a little circle by that? Oh, because I was pointing you in the direction of the one you were supposed to talk about right now, which you just did. Oh, okay. Great. (laughs) As I was reading that, Kate, like, put a circle next to it or right before, and so I got confused. We should have sometime, like, a live video of us doing this. We did. That one time. We did it on Instagram Live. It didn't go well. One one time. (laughs) No. (laughs) We, like, had an argument, and then... It was bad. We did on Instagram Live, and people... Yeah, it's not good. That's I mean, it your... wasn't like a Jerry Springer argument. No, no, no. It no. was like a, a, the tiniest little like, but it was still not great. Just anyway. side note, don't record a podcast after you have an, a, a relationship argument about something. It's not yeah. a good idea. Not a good idea. And course... then live stream it. That's a great idea. <laughs> of course, I have no idea what it was about. Anyway. No, I had no idea. You had brought this up like as a way to do less is to ask yourself the question, what's your ideal life scenario? So how does that help you do less? Well, I think it gets very clear on, you know, this goes back as well when I'm working with my clients. It's just like, what is your ideal scenario to in your business? Like, what do you want to be doing, you know, at this stage? Like, what is your what is your dream? I had one, my most recent client said, I want to post things on Instagram and read Instagram. I want to write a blog post once a week and I want to hang out with my kids. And I was like, that's very clear. And how much of those are true at this moment? She goes, well, I do all of those, but I also do like 35 other things, right? So it's getting very clear on what it is we want to be doing on a weekly basis and on a daily basis and moving our life towards that direction. And so I think it's, we just, we only have one life to live, right, folks? Like there's only one life. Yeah, you believe in reincarnation or whatever else you might believe in. But the reality is there's only one life that we have in this form of our body or spirit in what we're currently, I don't know how else to say it, but yeah. So in this thing, right? And there was a report. The manifestation of our soul is just the one time. There we go. You said that much better than I did. So Gary Vee talks about like, it's 400 trillion to one, right? That's the odds of becoming a human being. And I Googled this because I wanted to see if he was true. And I actually found reports that it was 400 gazillion. Like it was... I don't to even know one. what that means. It's like bigger than trillion. Okay. It's the next level, like billionaire, trillionaire. Like, so, and then it it's quadrillion. Or quadrillion. Sorry. Quadrillion. I don't think yeah, not, is actually <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> it's my, it's how much money we're going to have in our life. We are going to have bazillion, a bazillion. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Quad, a bazillion dollars. <laughs> We're gonna have bazillions. We're gonna be the first bazillionaire. Bazillion. I feel like a bazillionaire already. If somebody's an artist, can you make a shirt, Mike and Kate, the bazillionaires? That'd be amazing. Thank you. The we will wear that proudly. <laughs> Some sort of artwork. The first bazillionaires. So it's okay. Now it's quadrillion. Quadrillion. But so the odds of becoming a human being of who we are at this stage is so crazy like you know he tells the story he's like what if your parents had sex five minutes later you know than when they did to produce you as a human and like the odds of that is incredible right so it's like why start why are we living our lives for someone else or someone some other person and not really paying attention to what we're doing on a weekly and daily basis because the story that we were told as kids was like you work for 30 years until you're 65 and then you have the good old days of the rest of your life but like 
the reason Social Security kicks in at 65 because most people are dead by then, right? And so... Or very shortly after. Or very shortly after. Or were. Now that our life expectancy is a lot longer. But basically, it's like really getting clear on what our ideal life scenario is and making sure that we are creating a life around those things that we truly enjoy. I read a really interesting blog about a book by Bronnie Ware, which is called The Five Regrets of the Dying. Bronnie Ware was a hospice nurse and spent a lot of time with people who were dying. And so she wrote a book about the five biggest regrets. And the number one was that I did not have the courage to live basically according to what I wanted. And instead I lived according to the expectations of others. That was maybe, I don't know. It was definitely in the top five. So this one helps you to not do that. And also it helps you just make decisions. Cause if you know right. what you you want your ideal life scenario to look like, for example, I got invited to this really fancy kind of networky thing in Vegas in November. And I got to tell you, it sounded really like, again, it sounded fancy. It was like sparkly and there were cool events and the guest list was amazing. And I was like, all that sounded really good. And at the end of the day, I am happiest <laughs> on the couch with Mike after we've had a sweet evening with Penelope and put her to bed when we're watching Fixer Upper and going to bed at like nine at night, if not 8.30. And so I know what my ideal life scenario is and I'm pretty much living it. And so while the invitation was glam and there was a part of me that had FOMO once I saw the pictures, mostly I knew my ideal life scenario. So it was really easy for me to say no to that invitation and have four days of my life that I wouldn't like back basically right? because I didn't schlep to Vegas. Right. And that's the moment you're at. Because so what I'm talking about here and what Kate just shared a great example of is that it's the moment at, right now, right? Sure. That was the moment in, in November, like well, in two years, years ago, three years ago, I, that was a hell yes. Yeah. Two years ago, three years ago before we had Penelope and before we traveled like pretty much the and last when I wasn't pregnant for, yeah, yeah. Those things. <laughs> um, it would have been a much different situation and it might be different in the future. Where, oh, absolutely. So it's, and then where we are, like, what are the role, what's the stages where you're currently at in what life? And so it's, yeah, the in? season of the life you're in and making sure that you stick to that. So why is that important? Cause you asked me the question was like, how does creating this life scenario allow you to do less? Right. You're very, as Kate just shared that example, you're very clear on what you want to be doing, you know? And as we set our life up to what our ideal picture is, you just let go of all the other stuff. You know, like my ideal scenario was to have a home gym. Like I've had it for a long time. And now that I have a home gym, it's really easy to work out. And it's like, awesome. There's no excuses for me of like why I didn't work out today. Because there's, I have a, I, I do my like mobility work in the basement right now because it's freaking cold in the gym because it's 29 degrees. But then we have a heater, so it heats up. So while I'm doing the mobility work, the, gar the garage is heating up. And then I go work out. Right. And so it's very clear on what my ideal scenario is to create. And so that allows me where I don't have to drive to the gym. I don't have to get ready for the gym. I don't have to shower at the gym. I don't have to do all that stuff. Now, that is where I'm at right now. Now, in a year from now, I could be like, well, I want to go work with other people for once or twice a week. And then I have the benefit of doing both. So it's pretty cool. And that's why doing an annual review and year end kind of like digestion of your year is really helpful because then you can kind of identify well, what's my ideal life scenario for this particular year. 
Yep. And season of my life. It's perfect. All right. Number um, seven. Number seven, bringing it home, is curb your consumption. So it is amazing to me the number of people I hear from who keep their phones next to their bed. And the first thing they do when they wake up is check headlines. And the last thing they do before they go to sleep is check the headlines. And they're constantly tapped into the news. And I can't think of a bigger time suck <laughs> than reading the news all day. Now, I wrote a post in August about how I've been a non-news consumer and now I'm actually paying attention. But it doesn't have to be all day, every day. Like, once a day checking in on the headlines is perfectly acceptable. And ideally not first thing when you wake up in the morning and not last thing before you go to bed because the news is still run by the media and the media sells negativity because that's what people click on. So you are setting yourself up for not only a shitty sleep, but also a shitty day if that's what you're consuming first thing. And it also wastes a lot of time. Because you're not setting the framework for your day. You're not setting the tone for the day. You're letting journalists whose salaries are paid by people who are funded basically by big pharma and like <laughs> all the other dark forces to allow the way your day is being spent, or at least the energy that you're setting your day off with. So I can't think of a worse thing to do than that in terms of like, because then it gets you off track emotionally and then you have a fight with your spouse and then you got to clean that up. So that's like all this extra work. And then you're not focused at work because you're worrying about the fight with your spouse, especially if you have an anxious attachment style <laughs> like me, which I learned about in the book Attached, which I highly recommend. It's like it's a cascade of events that yep. you don't need to be actually dealing with. And it eliminates this whole other like in the time we're reading about the news, we could have ordered groceries. Right. And so... <laughs> You really have to pay attention. The consumption piece is so important. And because we are 100% connected and we'll continually be connected and we're going to get more it's connected. Only get more. Absolutely. Right? Like microwaves and refrigerator. Like refrigerators will be programmed that you can program a certain section. Like let's say where you put your sparkling water and when that is empty, it'll automatically reorder which it. Which I like, love. Oh, which I love, right? And so we're just beginning more. It's like because being in we've a. been out of sparkling water for a few days and I keep forgetting to get it. And so you basically, it's going to get more connected, right? One day we'll be like contacts in our eyes reading the news from our contacts, right? Or glasses, like Google Glass came out so you can walk down the street and pull things up on Google, et cetera. And that will continually happen. So if we're not able to control that at this moment in time, at the stage we're at now with like phones, et cetera, there, because what happens is that rubs off into our kids. Like Penelope can see when we're checking our phone or want to be on her phone. So she's being programmed why we're there that she has to be connected to a device because that's where you go to get stuff right and so whether that's a computer or whatever that may be like i can think of today she's home and she was like wanted to just be with me the entire day but like there's stuff i got like i'm doing some work and so it cuts me out it's very interrupting where it's like okay next time i just need to leave you know i gotta leave the house because i gotta get the stuff done but if i'm like penelope i gotta finish this work then what value am i showing to her at that moment in time where it's like i'm staring at a computer instead of she's sitting next to me because she's like two right so she's like what is going on here dad I'm trying to cry. And so then, and then, or I want to hang out with you and you're not wanting to hang out with me. Right. So it's like situations like that where we do this all the time. You know, it's, we're doing this to our kids, to our partners, other people in our life, and it's dictating our emotional, 
our emotions of how we're showing up in the world. I would say do some tests on this for yourself. You know, do this because I've done this. I've done where I wake up directly in the morning and then I like watch YouTube videos and then I try to see how the rest of my day is. I've done it where I don't do that. I've done it where I don't check my phone for the first two hours. That's my favorite. You know, like, so what am I doing in those first two hours? I've done it where I've watched YouTube videos on my phone versus an iPad versus a computer. And there's distinctly different brain reactions that happen from when, even though I could be watching the same thing, but I notice a big difference if I watch videos on my phone versus like a computer because a computer is a bigger screen. The light is not directly going because the phone's usually much closer to your face. A computer is usually a bit farther away. So it's like I've done all sorts of these things just to be like, what does this effect does this have on me? And then how do I feel about it? And then I'll be cranky, you know, or I might feel this and it really throws off the day or I'm super unproductive the rest of the day where I know like that day is pretty much shot, you know, or whatever that may be. So. Yeah. Some people have a rule that they have to create before they consume. Yeah, which I love. I don't have that rule, but <laughs> but I think like Neil Strauss does, the author yeah, Neil like Strauss, that they don't consume email, social media, the news, reading anyone else's stuff, like anything, until they've done their creation work for the day. Whether that's you know working on a module for a course you're putting out, or working on your book or a blog, whatever. And I think that's pretty powerful. It's smart. The other thing that people, you know, you end up when you buy a lot of stuff, then you have to manage your stuff. So that's also another thing is looking at, you know, something that we've looked at at the past is being more mindful about our spending and not just buying something because it looks good in the moment, but like really giving some thought to do I really need that? Do we really want that? What's the repercussions? Where are we going to keep it? (laughs) How often will you use all that stuff? Because you end up like... The more stuff you have, then the more you have to clean up and then the more you have to worry about storage and then the more you have to think about decluttering. And it's like it adds a lot to your life the more you have. I mean, I lived for six years in a 450 square foot apartment and that was awesome in terms of minimizing my consumption because I just didn't physically have the space. Now we live in a significantly larger home, and so I've gotten a little bit more lackadaisical about it. But it was really fun shopping for Christmas presents for Penelope, thinking about longevity, thinking about, like, will these things... You know, my mom has saved a lot of toys from my childhood, Mm -hmm. so I'm like, wow, these toys are, you know, 30 years old, and, like, they lasted. So I'm thinking about what could be... What can we keep longer? What will she love? What will she play with over and over again? What's durable? What can we keep that won't end up in a landfill? You know, things like that and being kind of minimal about it. I'm not a minimalist by any means, but I I am a conscious consumer. Yeah. And like if I buy a new shirt, like get rid of a shirt, you know, just like do a one for one swap. Like I can think of I was opening my drawers. I've, I've been on this crazy roller coaster of trying to find a good company i have two this is so nuts but like finding a good company for workout shirts that i really like that not only can be workout shirts but also i could wear on a regular like to go out for the day you know stuff like that because a lot of the lululemons are just they look weird if you like wear them out. i don't know they do weird they like get attached to your nipples yeah your that's odd <laughs> that like i don't weird at the lululemon designers if you happen to be listening to this like come on guys like the see-through pants and like the attached nipple shirts like what <laughs> like what is going on over there seriously like i can think of one i put on the other day and i'm just like what is going on 
you know, and that's a, that, this is an issue I have working out, like just working my body changes really easy. And it's like my arms get bigger faster than anything else. And then everything else is like thrown off. And I'm like, what is going? It's really a pain in the butt. But, you know, anyway. But yeah, like if you buy a new pair of pants, get rid of a pair of pants. You know, there's probably pants or whatever. And once a year, I like to go through the closet for sure and just kind of downsize stuff that I've got and One that I don't need. We got some or I sell it on eBay. We've talked about yes. that before. I got some built-in sections for shoes in my closet. And what's really great about that is there's just only enough room for so many shoes. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I do buy a new pair of shoes, something's got to go. Because yeah. there's literally not a spot for it. So, I kind of love that because I'm That's keeping cool. myself honest. Yeah, you're not like Mariah Carey. Have you ever seen her closet from, like, one of those shows? No. It was, like, a 2,000 square feet. I just, yeah. I mean, Like, what know, do you need all the shoes for? Rock on. But yeah, have fun. Mostly, I wear my bean boots or my Birkenstock. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I know the reality of my ideal life scenario, and it's a right. bean boot Birkenstock ideal life Much scenario. Much different than Mariah Carey. On New Year's Eve, I did rock some heels for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> Maybe. It was more like five. I, I, I saw collectively you... <laughs> it was 20 minutes, because I did put them back on, but I think I, you missed that part. I, no, I remember. I saw you walk out with them, then I was like, okay, I'm going to go change clothes. I go upstairs to change clothes, come downstairs, I see your heels sitting by the... Because the... it's not good for me. <laughs> no, it's super comfortable. I'm carrying uh, a lot of extra weight right now. Yeah, but just look at like how we are consuming material, like information... And consuming materialistic things, you know, and just really paying attention to what those are. Because if you do have extra stuff, like there's people that don't have extra stuff that need some stuff. You know, you can yeah. sell it on eBay. We do Goodwill trips every week. All the time. You know, it, there's people on eBay that need stuff or there's just people that need stuff, guys. Like we might live in the United States of America or wherever you live. There's people in your city and town that need things. Absolutely. So help them out. So as a review... We had delegate, automate, do grocery delivery or pickup, boundaries, so get boundaries in place, ask yourself what's your ideal life scenario, and then make decisions based on that, batch your tasks, and then curb your consumption. So those are our seven ways to have more by doing less. And once again, if you want 14 other ideas for doing less and having more, join me for the Do Less Experiment over at dolessexperiment.com. It starts January 14th. It's free. And it is two weeks of bite-sized ways to take things off your plate so you can create more space for what matters the most. Have a great day. Bye. Do you feel overwhelmed and like there's way too much on your plate and like you just can never get anything done, I have an invitation for you. In January, I'm inviting you to spend 14 days with me during the Do Less Experiment. This is a 14-day experiment where we're going to see what will happen if for 14 days in tiny ways each day, we do less. We take little things off your plate to create more space for what truly matters. All you need to do to join us is go to dolessexperiment.com, sign up for free, and I will see you in January for spaciousness, ease, and doing less. The dolessexperiment.com.